Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot um, and finds the net. On TalkSport 2. Hello, hello, welcome to Women's Football Weekly. Chelsea beat Manchester United to win the FA Cup for the third year in a row on a record-breaking day at Wembley. Sam Kerr gives them the lead in the Women's FA Cup final. Penilla Harder with a run, bursting down the right-hand side. The substitute crossed, it was six yards out. Kerr was there, she made no mistake, rammed it into the net in front of the Chelsea fans. Emma Hayes side, do what Emma Hayes side do best. I mean this sincerely. Our club's been through a new ownership, a lot of challenges this year. This is one that's for the Chelsea fans. We're proud to be Chelsea and it was a tiring first half from us, but I think the team adapted really well to the changes and the finishers came from the bench and made the difference. With over 77,000 fans at Wembley, we speak to Aston Villa's Alicia Lehman about the growth of the women's game. I think we're getting there. Like this summer, it's a big World Cup coming. And um, women can achieve stuff like we independent, we can like do everything we can, you know. We do it since we're young and for us it's no different if you're a boy or a girl. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Fake Others. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women and you can follow the WSL on TalkSport 2. Well, happy Monday, you lovely lot. It's a pleasure to be back with you. Thank you so much to Shabana Hearn and Molly Hudson for holding the fort. Well, I took a little bit of a break. Not sure how much of a break you can have when you've got a 19-month-old who's teething and not very well. So I don't think I'm rested or or caught (laughs) up on my sleep, that's for sure. Uh, Molly's going to be joining us very shortly. But my guest in the studio today, making her Women's Football Weekly debut is former Tottenham manager Rianne Skinner. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks very much for having me. I'm very excited and looking forward to it. I can't wait to have you on. I mean, listen, when, when we covered the Finalissima a few weeks ago, we, we we could have done without the football, to be honest. We were having a good old <laughs> catch-up on all women's football matters there were, but we'll have time for that at the end as well. But there is only one place to start today, and it's a women's world record domestic crowd at Wembley for the FA Cup Finals. 77,000 of you were there, and so we're talk sport. And the full-time whistle is blown. Blue is the colour. It's Chelsea once again. English football's serial winners are triumphant once more in the FA Cup final. 
Chelsea women, now five times winners of the famous trophy. It's three in a row for Emma Hayes, and Chelsea have done it again at their home-from-home home Wembley Stadium. They went to their best today against a dogged and determined Manchester United who pushed them close on the afternoon, just as they may outrun them in the race for the Women's Super League title. That is still yet to be decided, but it's blue Chelsea flags flying high away to our right at the west end of the stadium. Chelsea have beaten Manchester United by a goal to nil in front of 77,000 at Wembley Stadium, and Chelsea are the women's FA Cup winners for 2023. 77,390 is the exact number, um, if you're being pedantic about it. Brilliant commentary from Leanne Sanderson and Joe Shannon, as always. What did you make of the game, Rianne? Do you know what? I thought it was a really well contested game. I think it's it's what you want to see at an FA Cup final, isn't it? It's tight, you know, it goes right to the wire. There was a chance really late on for Man United who were putting a lot of pressure on. So you sort of, you know, you're not quite sure which way it's going to go for a period of time. And and also I think, you know, the game kind of balanced itself out because I thought first half Man United were, were the better team, to be honest. Um, and then Chelsea just kind of second half, I thought they managed the game better, to be honest. And substitutes had an impact and the quality was there when in, they needed it in front of goal. And that was the difference. Yeah, usually is with Chelsea, isn't it? Particularly from the performances we've seen from them uh, this season. Times football writer Molly Hudson was at Wembley as well and is with us for the next 20 minutes or so to give us her perspective. How are you doing, Mol? I'm good, thank you, Faye. I'm, I'm much better now you're back. Oh, <laughs> you were brilliant last week. I listened afterwards. You were absolutely fantastic. Thrown in at the deep end and swam all the way to shore. You were wonderful. Um, what did you make of Wembley yesterday? It was fantastic. I think, look, we we don't like to talk about these games as an event anymore because we're 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 seeing so many fantastic attendances in the women's game. But I, I still think it it was a special moment. Certainly, walking down Wembley Way and seeing just how many fans there were and how engaged it was, like the the noise before kickoff that I've never really experienced that for a domestic club game in England. Um, so that was fantastic, and you know, as Rand said, said it was um, it was a it was a good game. It wasn't you know it wasn't end to end mental millions of chances, but it it was a good game in its own right in terms of its competitiveness. And look, when you've got stars like Sam Kerr that just really rise to that occasion. I think that was exactly what we expected, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. We're going to focus on Chelsea in this first part and then move on to what it means for Manchester United in the second. As you said, though, the atmosphere was something else. It was proper, you know, hairs on your arms, standing up kind of territory. Uh, the football didn't necessarily, I would say, in the first half at least, live up to the hype. But were Chelsea worthy winners for you, Rianne? I think so, yeah. I, I, you know what? It was... Like I say, I think it was difficult first half um, because I, I felt Man United's counter-pressing in particular was really good and I thought they started slow actually, Chelsea. But, you know, as the game went on, I think um, decisions that were made on subs and the capability that came off the bench for Chelsea was the difference. Um, and so when you've got the ability to kind of turn it around like that, I think that obviously makes a massive difference. And so, you know, I think that the fact that they've got the squad to be able to do that and the experience, I do think that they ground out a result and that's a sign of 
really good teams, isn't it? When you're not absolutely at your best, but you, you do what you need to when it when it matters. Yeah, I feel like we've said that so much about Chelsea this season, uh, for, for sure. Let's hear from their manager, Emma Hayes, shall we? A third successive FA Cup trophy for Chelsea. And after a difficult year for the club as a whole, she said she was proud to deliver some silverware for the Blues supporters. She spoke to TalkSport Charlotte Richardson after the game. I mean this sincerely. Our club's been through a new ownership, a lot of challenges this year. This is one that's for the Chelsea fans. We're proud to be Chelsea and it was a tiring first half from us, but I think the team adapted really well to the changes and the finishers came from the bench and made the difference. Winning games, titles and finals, it's almost part of the muscle memory of, of being a part of Chelsea. Is the manner in which your squad win football games the most impressive thing about the team? Yes, I would say so. And it's easy for people to criticise it because if it was so easy to do, everyone would do it. Um, so congratulations to our team and well done to Manchester United. They made it a magnificent final. Samka, six consecutive finals scoring for the Chelsea. The celebration as well was pretty iconic. Iconic's an understatement. I've just seen a photograph of it. Let me tell you, that will live on a, in a living room for the rest of her life. And Emma, winning the way you did in front of a world record-breaking crowd, does that add further gloss to the moment for you? Oh, I don't really think about that. To be honest with you, when the whistle went on, I wanted to just go away. <laughs> and final one from me, on these big games, on these big finals, apart from letting yourself go to the toilet, do you ever get a moment to enjoy little moments? Do you ever have a little think of how much you've achieved and how much this team has achieved and how much the women's game's achieved? You know what, just before the final whistle, my assistant Denise and I, we started singing, my son Harry loves the Beatles, and we sing I Wanna Hold Your Hand a lot, and we started singing the lyrics to I Wanna Hold Your Hand, and I turned man, and I could see my little boy, and let me tell you, that will live in my memory forever. Oh, he's super cute as well, her little boy. And that is such an Emma Hayes interview. I just needed to go for a wee. Oh, she's just quality, isn't she? Uh, totally unfiltered, as always. She she talked about that slow start and, and you know, uh, said to her players at half-time, this is the grind. She kind of uh, talked about them not clicking. But what, what was not clicking, Rianne? I thought they were just a little bit slow to um, receive the ball and to take touches and to move it on and to actually connect with each other in the first half, which is unusual. I felt like Sam Kerr was quite isolated. They were looking for a quite direct and uh, it wasn't really coming off. Man United were obviously expecting a bit of that as well. And and so it just seemed a little bit forced, to be honest, in the first half. Um schedule's been busy you know like they've had a lot and and it's not just a physical side of things it's the mental uh, you know test that that takes to be able to get through those types of games so it's not an excuse it's just the reality of the situation that you're dealing with and if you want to win you've got to find ways to kind of like she said grind out results and and that for as much as you know we can say it was a little bit you know unpretty at times that's kind of what you've got to do you've got to go into a place that helps you to actually get a result and and that's obviously what changed at half time in the conversation maybe a bit of a reality check you're gonna to have to do more if you want to win the second half here and and I think that they managed to do that when it mattered and look it, it helps when you look to your bench and you've got Penilla yeah. Harder sitting there doesn't it you know, yeah. what an impact she can make particularly coming back from injury as well and she she certainly made it Molly didn't she changed the game completely you and I have waxed lyrical about Guru Wrighton all season and of course she was involved in the move for the goal a gorgeous ball in them from Harder putting it on a plate for for Kerr she's been so missed hasn't she yeah and I think uh, I, I know she was only a substitute but I think for me she was right up there with, with player of the match to be honest certainly in a Chelsea shirt just the impact she made completely transformed that game and I think 
there were people that wondered whether she might start. Obviously, she'd, she'd made her first start in, in six months in midweek um, in that difficult schedule that they've had. Um, and she's, she's been fantastic pretty much as soon as she's come back from this injury. Really, really nasty injury, actually having to have surgery on a hamstring. Um, so she was fantastic. And I think she just... She she stopped Sam Kerr getting so isolated. I think in that first half they were really missing that jigsaw piece to connect the midfield and the attack, and that's exactly what Harder brought. And you know, it's not so bad when you've got a player like Harder that was a a, a world record transfer fee at one point, a really big game player with huge experience. And I think that probably sums up what. Chelsea have that Manchester United don't not only can you bring that player on but just have that player you know arguably United don't have a player that big in their squad and that's just a, a result of of kind of their evolution of in a short period of time compared to Hayes and I, I, I found this stat yesterday quite amusing that that Hayes has actually been at Chelsea for over double as long as Manchester United's professional team have existed which is is quite extraordinary really and I think when it comes down to these kind of games where you need your big players to stand up in those moments, that's really the the results of, of all that work that Hayes has done over her, her tenure at that club. Yeah, let's hear from Sam Kerr, shall we? I mean, my heart was in my mouth when she did that flip. It always it, it always is. I saw it at close quarters and uh, it still makes me feel a little bit sick to the stomach every time she does it. But she was full of praise for her teammate, Penilla Harder. Yeah, I mean, I think P did a lot. Um, great, amazing when she came on and Guru slipped it in. We just needed one moment of brilliance and we got it. You absolutely did. And the celebration was iconic as well. And you could see your passion, <laughs> enjoying that moment with the Chelsea supporters. Just how much did it mean to you? Yeah, I think obviously we love winning trophies as Chelsea, but I think this year um, it's it's even more important because there's been a lot of talk about people, teams and all that and no talk about us. So I think we've shown today that we're the champions for a reason the last three years in this or two years and um, I think today was just that statement like no matter what happens not fresh not playing our best we still win games we still win titles you let your football do the talking in front of a world record breaking attendance as well does that add further gloss to a really good day all round yeah I think so I think the fans are amazing they give us so much um, you know push when we're down and we could hear them and um, I think that's why we were so passionate when we scored because the fans there it's all for them I mean it without them we played here for the community shield without fans and it wasn't the same so they make it special for us finally Sam I saw a little glimpse into the changing room the celebrations looked pretty good in there today yeah I mean it sucks we have a game on Wednesday because we we have to be tame but I think um, we'll enjoy it I think go see our family and friends all the people that help us be able to perform at the highest level but it was amazing yeah yeah, they've got a big game midweek, so can't celebrate for, for too long. And I don't know what she's talking about, saying no one was talking about Chelsea. That is not true at all. Why do players always say that? I can tell you from a media point of view, there is no narrative that goes on. This There's this, this thought that there's a narrative that we have, Molly, isn't there? The one narrative that there is is the mentality monsters. That moniker has, uh, has stuck, hasn't it? And you mentioned it in your match report for the Times last night. How do they manage to do it? Yeah, I think it, it was quite interesting because um, ahead of a Champions League game in, in 2021, obviously a couple of years ago, um, I remember Emma, Emma Hayes saying that they'd, they'd played this clip to the players of um, Rose Namajunas, a uh, UFC fighter, and, and she used to say, I am the best, as she she went into the octagon. She she went on and won her fight, and she wanted 
Hayes wanted the players to really embody that. And and I, I wrote in my report that she doesn't need to do that anymore because they just look around the dressing room and the winners are right there. And and I think that's what it is, you know, as as I mentioned earlier on this group group, although there were six players that hadn't played in, in this FA Cup final last season, um, they've really stuck together and grown. And, you know, this is the product of that. And I think that's probably the missing piece for United that, you can't really speed up that process. It does take time. And yeah, this is really the the evolution of, of this Chelsea team. And just, just the, you know, there's no fear in this team. There's no, I think if you see the, the disallowed goal after a few seconds, if that was a sort of weaker team, a less experienced team, they might have thought, God, we haven't started well here. You know, this might not be our day, but they didn't, they weren't afraid of the fact that they wasn't playing their best football in the first half. Marin Mielder, in particular, at halftime, Emma Hayes mentioned she really spoke up um, in terms of that leadership within the dressing room. And, mm. and then you see them pull it out of the back bag in the second half, which I don't think actually came to, as a surprise to anyone, really. No, it really didn't. And we'll talk Manchester United and their chances very shortly. But Chelsea win, let me get this right, back to back to back. FA Cup titles. Uh, it wasn't to be for United in their first major final. We'll hear from them next. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. She's around the goalkeeper and has rolled it in. On TalkSport 2. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers, former Spurs boss Rianne Skinner and Times football writer Molly Hudson are alongside me. So it wasn't meant to be in the FA Cup final for Manchester United. Let's hear from the United manager, Mark Skinner. He spoke to Charlotte Richardson after the game and felt one moment in particular cost them dear. So proud of them. Um, one moment switches off and, and obviously Sam gets in. Um, and just finishes the game but reality is we kept a quiet all game um, Chelsea have a style that I think if they have aspirations of winning Champions League I think it has to adapt because they've got to have a different style but they're very good at what they do which is transitional play and you know, and, and that's the goal that's killed us today but if we can stop that I feel that we'll dominate games against Chelsea and we, we, we're going to we're aiming for that the hurt today will fuel us for tomorrow It was an absolutely electrifying start. Overall, how pleased were you with the way the team executed your game plan? Really pleased with the maturity. Like, it's our first final, right? So we we were mature. We didn't play it like... We have a style. And we tried to play it 90% of the game. But some games you can't do that because you might have some nerves that don't like to play the football that you want. We showed it in, in, in parts in the game. And it felt pretty comfortable. Of course, Chelsea are going to go fast counter-attack. But, but the reality was we... We showed a lot of maturity, and that's what I asked from a young team. Um, and so to get that that first final out of the way, although we wanted to win it, it will, it will absolutely fuel us for the next one. Should your team have had a penalty when the kids... I believe so. I believe so. And I, I don't know... I mean, they've used VAR, but unless they've lined it up, I don't know if they've used that, but it looks certainly like it's a penalty. So, again, I'm not surprised, though, because against Chelsea, that's three now, potentially, that we haven't had in two games. So... Um, I'm hoping they all come next time in the same game for us. I know you mentioned using disappointment as a fuel. Is exactly the message to your team now to go and win that Women's Super League title? For sure. We've got to win two games. We know how difficult Manchester City are and Liverpool. But I want, them to, I want them to, after the hurt today, I want them to be proud of themselves because you know the, the fans are magnificent throughout, but for our players, really showed a level beyond. And I'm really proud of that because 
you know, everyone predicted a Chelsea easy win, but when we came here, I felt that we had chances to win the game, and if we can do that and take them, then there's no doubt we'll, we'll win titles. Finally, from me, Mark, obviously disappointment today, but for your team to be involved on a world record breaking stage, pushing that final all the way, it must leave you with a sense of pride. Absolutely, and I'm, I think I'm old enough and mature enough to know that how I'll use the hurt of this final to fuel what will be good performances but also wins and we've got to utilise that and make sure Manchester City feel that next week so that's the only way that we can alleviate some of the some of the hurt from today but yeah look I, I can see the future and the future is very very bright for Manchester United. Manchester United boss Mark Skinner there I mean this stood out for me Rianne and, and we were talking about this in the break hurt today will fuel us for tomorrow and although they'll be disappointed, particularly because they had chances themselves, this could potentially fuel Manchester United to, to be successful in the future and maybe the immediate future if you look at the, the WSL. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it's quite difficult to turn it around in quite a short space of time. So just say that, right? you know, in my opinion from the off, because you you do have games, league games. Obviously, there's an attempt to get in the Champions League, to win the league. There's all those things still to aspire to. But even so, it's quite a quick turnaround mentally to kind of move on from building yourself up so much for a final to then obviously not getting the result that you wanted after fighting and, and maybe they might feel aggrieved about a penalty which personally I don't think was a penalty but at the same time you know if they feel like that you still kind of hang on to those little bits or you can um, so it's important that they move on quickly and hopefully that would then help them for the next two games but certainly in the longer term I think you know when you look at the great teams that have, have won and been successful sequ- sequentially at winning you know Chelsea didn't have a lot of success at start they you know they had a tough couple of seasons in WSL Emma obviously evolved from that some other major nations in World Cups and the USA getting knocked out of the Olympics versus Sweden fueled Jill Ellis to change the way that she structured the team and to go on to win, you know, the next major tournament. So there's definitely bits in there you can learn and you can use to then generate the the success that you need in in, in future. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see their their journey going forward. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the WSL and, and what it might mean for the title race uh, in a moment. But interesting, you brought up the penalty, Molly, because on first look, I genuinely thought it was blatant and inside the box, but it wasn't. I've watched it back since and Nikita Paris was tripped outside of the box and fell into the box. But what I was slightly confused about, and I've spoken to Rianne about this because she was watching at home and it wasn't really mentioned on television either and it certainly wasn't at Wembley, was it? They did have VAR for the first time. Referee Emily Heaslip was was spot on with her decision, but there didn't seem to be any checks on the screens in the stadium at, at all, which was which was a bit bizarre, so nobody really knew what was happening. I think it... I I absolutely agree with you. I watched it in real time and was adamant it was a penalty. I thought it was one of those which we've seen before where the contact starts outside the box, it carries on inside and therefore it's a penalty. Um, but then on replays, it it did look like it it stopped just just short. Um, I must say, Rick was really impressed with Nikita Paris yesterday um, and was very surprised she was taken off when United were looking for a goal. But, um, yeah, I think it was one of those where they will have automatically checked it through VAR because it was a potential of being a penalty. But I think it only shows it on the screen 
when it's like a prolonged check or when like a referee has to go to the monitor or something. So I think the chances are they checked it, but they checked it quickly because it was the right refereeing decision. Um, but yes, that is the the ever-growing issue with VAR, isn't it? That people in the stadium don't actually really know what's going on. Well, funnily enough, I'm actually just watching Howard Webb <laughs> presenting a masterclass on uh, on VAR and he's going to be with uh, Jim White and Simon Jordan on Talk Sport tomorrow. Their show, uh, obviously, at the normal time of, of 10 till 1 and Howard Webb, the head of the PGMOL, will be with them discussing referees being mic'd up and, and explaining. I was part of a really interesting call the other day and I've had long chats with Bibby Steinhouse Webb as well about what they're doing to improve standards of refereeing and, and to let people know what's going on with VAR so very interesting going forward and interesting that it was used for the first time at Wembley in in a women's FA Cup match. Let's talk about the context of the 77,390 fans. It was a sellout uh, 10,000 no-shows it's still a women's domestic record, double the number of fans last year both clubs though said that they could have sold more tickets. It was £15 for adults, £5 for kids. What do you think, Rianne? Is it time to raise the prices and make sure fewer no-shows or is it pitched about right? I think it's a really interesting question actually because I think, you know, it, it's quite... It, it goes both ways. A lot of people say it's so cheap, let's take the family to a women's game and obviously we're trying to grow the fan base and we want to keep getting stadiums as full as that. So there's certainly that side of it. But then, you know, from previous experience as well, if it's too low, then people don't think twice about not coming. And so you're trying to keep working on like pitching that at the right level, I think. Um I don't know if we've got it right, if I'm honest. You know, it's marketing's not my speciality. <laughs> um, so I don't know. But um but yeah, you want people to really value what they're paying for and what they're coming to, therefore, you know, they continue to come. So hopefully uh, we can keep working on it and just keep raising the profile. But I mean, 77,000 is still, you know, it's an incredible number. And, and across the board this season, numbers have just got better and better. And I just think we need to keep leapfrogging off of that, really, to, to keep moving that in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I, I'm not a marketing com, uh, marketing or commercial uh, expert either, but I have got lots of friends who work within that space and, and tell me what the plan is going forward and how that's going to, um, you know, generate more revenue because ultimately, Ultimately, the, the aim is for women's football to be sustainable and clubs to to, to operate on their own without the need for, for a men's club and everything that comes along with that in terms of success and failure. And, and that's a way uh, of generating revenue for sure. Uh, double the number of fans last year actually at the... Uh, stadium Molly but TV figures slightly down you tweeted out earlier on peak audience on BBC One of 1.4 million but that that doesn't obviously include iPlayer figures and that to be honest is where I tend to to, to watch games if I'm out and about rather than on, on television it was 1.8 million at its peak last year but that was an extra time of, of what was a thrilling two-all draw what did you make of it? Yeah, I think I think just just going back to the 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 fan bit that you was mentioning there, I think the the big problem for me was the the eight thousand allocation for each team, um, and I think that is probably where the significant amount of no shows were not in that section, but the rest of the stadium when when you saw little patches of of empty seats, it certainly looked as if it wasn't in those sections. You know, those real allocated sections, the eight thousand looks absolutely fantastic, fantastic atmosphere. And it was really great to see that at women's games. So I think maybe those those allocations could be increased. 
Um, in terms of the viewing figures, I think, yeah, it was it was one of those where there was a little bit of Premier League on um, yesterday as well. Um, and also, obviously, that last year's game was dramatic. BBC were, were keen to stress when I spoke to them earlier that, um, yeah, of course, you know, it was a it was a dramatic game. It was 2-2, extra time, and that was the peak. So, look, I think as a whole, it was a real step forward um, for the Women's FA Cup final. But look, there, there's things we can learn from. There's things we can improve to keep making this better and better every year. And hopefully, you know, as much as it's great to talk about, I hope we won't be sat here talking about it in the future because we really want this to be the norm for the women's game now. Absolutely agreed. And what a great point to end on, Molly. Pleasure as always. I shall see you soon. Thank you for having me. Molly Hudson there, football writer for The Times. Right, big, big weekend coming up in the WSL with two derbies at the top of the table and a relegation six-pointer. We'll look ahead to those next and we'll hear from Aston Villa's Alicia Lehman. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport. Hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to work in the channelised Bimbingus of the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Two. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. It's a wonder goal! The home for women's football. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Rothers, and former Tottenham boss, Rianne Skinner. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so just go ahead and download it today. Right, massive and decisive weekend in the WSL, uh, the top and bottom of the table. We always knew the weekend of the 20th and 21st was going to be a, a big week, um, but two midweek games first and foremost with Everton hosting hosting Arsenal and West Ham entertaining Chelsea on Wednesday night. Now, on form, Rianne, you would expect with nothing but pride to play for, Everton and West Ham won't cause an upset, but... 
Yeah, I, I think. Well, I mean, you'd hope, but again, like the challenge is for Chelsea. You know, you've just. I know they've just won an FA Cup final, but it's a really quick turnaround. You know, to be able to go into that game, and I mean, West Ham are obviously playing against Chelsea, who are in good shape, and their form's been really poor, if I'm honest, um, since the start of the new year. Um, so you'd like to think Chelsea, regardless of squad. I've got enough to to kind of get over the line with that, um, but still, I think Arsenal are actually have had some players really stepping up despite their injury crisis. So I actually think that you know you should really get the points for both those teams out of those games. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. And then they play each other. Yeah, <laughs> just to <laughs> On, cap off the week. <laughs> just to cap off the week. I mean, you know, not not an insignificant weekend. Chelsea versus Arsenal at Kings Meadow on Sunday. Absolutely huge. Twelve thirty kickoff. Um, what is going to happen in this game? Chelsea obviously didn't want to over celebrate. They've got two games after the FA Cup final. They then got Arsenal. Um, in fact, is, is, is it a Stamford Bridge this weekend? Have I got that wrong? No, it is at Kings Meadow, isn't it? It's. It's at King's Meadow. Yeah, yeah. it's not. Uh, yeah. That's why I was like, no, 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 have I missed that? No, that was before. Um, I, I've got zero uh, recollection of dates in my brain. Uh, now we've come to the end of the end of the season. But it's a massive, massive game. Um, Arsenal obviously completely patched up, as we know. How do you see this going? Arsenal trying to cement a top three spot. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a huge week for both of them, like you say, with quick games in, in succession. Um, I think Arsenal really have to, to dig in to get these last couple of results, to be honest, because obviously the, the schedule's been quite busy for them, but they've obviously suffered through the injuries, as I mentioned. But Caitlin Ford came back on, you know, the other day, so that's a little bit more positive to try and get a little bit more of an attacking threat and some options back in the team um, because the bench is quite, you know, youth-based, really. Um, But I think it's going to be a real battle. I mean, the styles are different, so how they'll kind of deal with each other will be really, really key. But, you know, Arsenal have got to go for it because actually in terms of the points and the table and things like that, they've got to make sure that they get the, the result to keep them in a Champions League spot. Yeah, Arsenal on 44 points, so six points off of... Uh, Manchester United but they do have a game in hand but they're five points behind Chelsea who've played the same number of games in 19 and they're level on points with Manchester City who have played one game more so it is literally going down to the wire which of course is what everything wants because then at 6.45 both Manchester teams will know what they need to do respectively um, because it's a Manchester derby at least Sports Village and City's defeat last weekend at the hands of Liverpool means they have to win really to stand any chance of making the Champions League spots yeah well I think uh, the other side to that as well is that their goal difference is the lowest out of the four so and and you know it's unusual to get to this kind of closeness in terms of points and the goal difference generally being quite tight um, other than where they're sitting at the moment on 25 versus the 34 and the 42 so it's equal between Man United and Chelsea at the moment obviously mm. Chelsea got a game on Wednesday but that could end up playing a part really with the Champions League spot because it becomes it's so tight like you say um I think they've got to they've got to get a performance in on um, against Man United. They've got to win that game to stand any chance of, of getting a, a spot. I think. And bearing in mind what you said earlier on in terms of the length of time it takes to bounce back from a tough defeat like the one that Manchester United experienced at Wembley, it actually could be that they're there for the taking. 
Yeah, I, you know what? I think any manager would say that they back the players, they'll bounce back. They, you know, they want to win. They want to, and I, I, I get all that. But naturally, you do have to have a little bit of a process to be able to kind of get back on track with that. So, I think Man United are going to obviously they're so close, aren't they, to to winning the league, and it's going to be a success if they get in the Champions League in terms of their previous finishings in the league anyway. So that will be seen as a success. But also at the same time, you know, when you're sitting top of the table. And if you then don't win it, it it can almost feel like a a failure, but it, it won't be, you know, in the whole scheme of things. So I think Man City have probably got the, the most to lose by not getting a Champions League mm. spot. Yeah, um, they're only a point ahead of Chelsea and Chelsea have a game in hand. And so it's totally in their hands, Chelsea's, I mean, as it stands. Relegation, oh my goodness me, this, this just makes me stressed and I'm sorry I'm having to ask you about this as well, but Saturday would have set the tone for the relegation battle because at 4.15, your old team, Tottenham, uh, facing Reading, 10th versus 12th. A win for Spurs would arguably see them safe. Um, three points between them. How do you see this going? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's what we call a six-pointer, isn't it, really, you know? I mean, I think... Obviously, the the challenge is that for Reading in particular is, you know, this is the game that they really, really need to win um, because their last game of the season is against Chelsea, which I think is a really tough uh, ask uh, given their current form and the way that they're playing and the way that Chelsea have been playing. And so I think it's a huge one for, for Reading to try and win. But equally, you know, Tottenham have got Reading and West Ham and both of those games are, are winnable games, you know, so they've just got to make sure that they get three points to get themselves in the clear, really. Yeah, Leicester are going to have a keen eye on that because on Sunday they host West Ham and obviously if Reading beat Tottenham, Leicester will be back at the bottom of the table. So it's going down to the wire. Tough question for you and I'm going to apologise in advance and smile. <laughs> smile at you hoping you won't <laughs> punch me from across the other side of the uh, studio who's winning the league simpler one who's going down um i think chelsea will win the league because i think they've got the experience to be able to do that um and they've shown on a number of occasions their versatility in winning games that don't all get played out the same way um and i think emma even mentioned that but you can see it you know over the course of the seasons and the things that they do um unfortunately i i think reading will be the team that end up going down um i you know obviously if they can give themselves a lifeline at the weekend but you know, I just I just can't see him beating Chelsea and, and, you know, their goal difference is poorer than everyone else around them. So even if they get that, you know, Leicester have got two winnable games, really, mm. West Ham and Brighton. And they've also been in better form, you know, 10 points in the last sort of 10, 11 games, I think it is, which is higher than any of those four teams in that period of time. So... Yeah, I think it's going to be a really tough ask for Reading, if I'm honest. Yeah, Leicester have just pulled themselves back out, haven't they? Although their goal difference is worse at minus 33. But yeah, the games that Reading have are much tougher and they've been my pick to go down and I've apologised every time I've said it out loud because I think the job that Kelly Chambers does on the budget they have is absolutely fantastic and um, and yeah. it would be real disappointment to see them uh, go into the championship. Um, elsewhere, Brighton travel to Everton and Aston Villa host Liverpool. And I know these games ultimately don't mean, in inverted commas, anything and I don't mean that disrespectfully. But let's focus on Villa because it's been a really positive 
active season for Carla Ward's side. They reached the FA Cup semi-finals, currently sit fifth in the WSL table. One of their many players to shine this campaign has been Alicia Lehman, and she sat down with Shabana Hearn to discuss the growth of the women's game and the team's aspirations for the next season. Yeah, for sure. Like I think now it's becoming like normal if you watch the girls or the boys. Obviously, like we still have a lot of things to improve on the pitch or next to the pitch as well with all the media and all the attention and stuff. But we, I think we're getting there. Like this summer, it's a big World Cup coming, and um, yeah, I hope we we can make again something like go a step further in the women's football and just show the people that. Women can achieve stuff like we independent, we can like do everything we can, you know, and yeah, 100% I, I want to bring this to the fans and that they understand what we actually think and that we play with passion and we give every day everything for, for the football because we, we do it since we're young and for us it's no different if you're a boy or a girl. Mm. It's football. It's exactly. the sport. Yeah, I love it. Uh, <laughs> Aston Villa, can they get Champions League football next season? Is that something you're working towards? I think obviously like every time you start a season from zero um, you dream about this and you obviously speak about the club and yeah like obviously you want to play Champions League but maybe Aston Villa needs like one two more years to achieve that if it goes like up like this season as quick like we increase so much I think um, then it will happen sooner but like I wouldn't say now 100% we will play Champions League you know because I think we should set goals like from game to game uh, not from years to years. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. 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 Talk to me about off the pitch because you're involved with Bootbag. Can yeah. you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so it's an app created as a scouting fantasy and it's so easy to play. So it's about teams. The WSL is in it and the four like top leagues in from the men's. You scout players and it's so much fun because you can watch the game mm-hmm. and scout them while the game and you can points on that like scout the player while you're watching the game and increase if you're into football like it's actually fun you know to play I played it and I really enjoyed it because you see everything the stats and like I'm on it you know like <laughs> it's, it's so cool actually that was Alicia Lehman speaking with Shabana Hearn and that was all thanks to Bootbag what do you think Villa can do next season Rianne? Well, I think they've made huge strides. I think, you know, from from experience, it, it's, it's challenging to keep the consistency. Like, it takes a lot of hard work to be able to do that and to keep building. But certainly they've made huge steps this year, signed some players that have really had a, a massive impact. Rachel Daly's had a massive impact this year. Um, and obviously with the additions, Lucy Staniforth, Jordan, Nobbs have, have definitely helped their midfield as well to be more agile, I'd say, and, and, and more competitive. So I think if you you know there'll be a couple of key positions that Carla's looking at to add value to that helps them to do that, and then it's about kind of keeping the group consistent really going into next season. And I think you know at the moment that they're, they're doing a fantastic job. She, Carla's done a great job there, and you know onwards and upwards really. I think there'll be really tough challenges again next year. Yeah, really excited to see what they can do. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talksport Two. I'm Faker Others. Rihanna Skinner is with me. Coming up, we're going to talk about what else has been going on in the past week on DAB Plus online via the Talksport app and on your smart speaker. Talksport Two's dedicated women's football show. And it was a moment of pure quality. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on Talksport Two. 
You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Rothers, and Times Football Writer. No, it's not Times Football Writer, Molly Hudson. I hadn't changed my script and I just, you know, read it out straight away. <laughs> Very Anchorman, Will Ferrell-like. Let me start again. Former Tottenham manager Rianne Skinner sat opposite me instead. Molly was on earlier on, but you haven't morphed into her uh, <laughs> in the last half an hour. Uh, we're available on podcasts, don't forget. Plenty of places you can download us, but first, head to the TalkSport app to find us and you can obviously subscribe elsewhere as well. Uh, right, a few bits of news from this week to fill you in on. Sam Kerr has been named Football Writers Association Women's Player of the Year. Um, same as last year, actually. Two times for, for, for Sam Kerr. I mean, she's been phenomenal this season, Rianne, but a bit of controversy surrounding this because perhaps not necessarily the best player of the season. Well, I think some people have had a standout season, haven't they? You know, and obviously for me, Rachel Daly's got to be in that conversation um, as at least one uh, Frida Leonardson Marnham's been unbelievable. I think last year, obviously she had a, a solid year learning the league and, you know, starting to find her feet a little bit more. But this year, I think she's been phenomenal, to be honest. Yeah, she really has. Uh, Australia defender Alana Kennedy signed a two-year contract extension with Manchester City. That keeps her at the club until 2025. She's not going to play for City uh, um, any more this season because of injury and more injury woes for Serena Wiegmann and the Lionesses as well because Everton Loney, Jess Park's been ruled out for the rest of the season because of a shoulder injury that she picked up in training. She's returned to her parent club at Manchester City to continue her rehab but obviously a doubt uh, in terms of being selected for the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. And Arsenal have announced that uh, their midfielder Leah Volti has signed a contract extension with the club. Uh, she's 30, currently contract was expiring in the summer and there are a few worries that she could leave vital that she stays Rianne yeah I think so you know I think it's she's been a fantastic asset to them so yeah I think it's a key one I don't know if you've been uh, keeping an eye on what's been going on north of the border as well, but the SWPL title race is going to go down to the wire as well. Next Sunday's final day, leaders Glasgow City and nearest challengers Rangers and Celtic all won at the weekend. Rangers host Glasgow City, while Celtic are at home to Hearts next Sunday. Uh, of the three sides, Rangers have the best goal difference, while Celtic have the highest goals scored. But, I mean, it's tense, isn't it? Oh, that's really tight, really, really tight. You know, I mean, it will be a really interesting weekend for that that last title there. But I mean, everything to play for. It's what you want, isn't it? It is, and it's it feels like we've had that across the board this season. The championship was was really close as well. It's been phenomenal when you look at what's been going on uh, down further down the pyramid in in the national league as well. It's just been insane, which is which is fantastic. But but let's talk about what you've been up to because you know there's been so much going on. We haven't actually managed to sit down and, and talk more about how busy you've been since you left at Tottenham you know any FOMO maybe not being in the dugout <laughs> I think for any coach they want to be in the dugout you know it's just natural really based on everything that you, you've done over the course of your career it, you know everybody wants to be working with teams and feeling that kind of uh, game day pressure and all that sort of stuff um, so yeah I've been fortunate to be watching loads of games and doing some media work and obviously meeting yourself and, and being here today so it's definitely kept me involved in the game And but to be honest it's it's actually been quite a nice break as well because I haven't actually stopped for over 20 years in coaching wow. so um, it feels like um, it was it's, yeah it's probably needed actually because you, once you're in there 
you're so committed to everything that you're doing that it's a little bit like a hamster wheel actually you know you just don't stop because you're trying to do things right for the players for the uh, staff for the club for the fans you know and um, and actually when you get an opportunity to reflect on that it can be the most valuable time really for you to refocus and re-energize and get ready for whatever the next project is and and then make sure it's the right one and and then go again right what might be the next project um you know it's still it's, <laughs> it's up in the air at the moment but um but look i think i'm a huge advocate for the women's game i want it to do well and um and i think it, it's a massive um area to still keep growing and, and to keep raising the credibility so wherever it is that i go I want to help to um, raise the profile and and to keep trying to make teams be you know more visible and and improve the role models within the game and and that's a huge part of it for me and that comes with building teams it comes with developing a club it comes with winning games and you know all that sort of thing but um, I'm immensely proud of the work that that I did at Tottenham and the staff and and the players and every everybody that was there I think was superb and we've moved things forward and um, and now it's about being able to do that again somewhere else. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what you do next, but I am delighted that we get to have you in the media for a little bit longer, <laughs> that's for sure, because your insight is is just fascinating. And particularly for me, like we were talking earlier on, you know, the way I watch a game is very different to the way you watch a game. But I suppose it's interesting from your point of view, seeing things off the grass as well and how things are developing uh, for, for women's football. When you're involved in coaching, it's it's easy to just be on that kind of treadmill, isn't it? And, and, and miss out what else is going on. And now you get like a big overview of everything. Yeah, because obviously, you know, from a management perspective, you do certain aspects of the media, you know, but it's very much, you know, just related to the game and and your team. And obviously seeing the the broader picture has been really insightful and just across the board, different co-coms and then podcasts like like today, you know, it's just very different, but so, so, uh, sorry, grown so, so much from... Obviously, like I say, I've been coaching for 20 years, you know, <laughs> you, you'd you never have a conversation with anybody post the game um, back at that time. And, and I think it's just so it's great to see how it's going and obviously the investment going into the way that we're trying to grow the game visibly, visibility wise. Um, so I think that's been that's been huge. It's been great for me to see that and work with people like yourselves and, and, and others, you know, across the board. God, this won't be the last time I can guarantee that I'm going to be making sure you're back in regularly <laughs> uh, we may have announcements soon enough but very excited uh, to be working with you thank you Rianne and we'll see you soon uh, thanks to Rianne Skinner Molly Hudson Charlotte Richardson Shabana Hearn Alicia Lehman producer Will Uma as well who's with us one of our apprentices for Talk Sport and of course all of you as ever for listening don't forget if you do miss any of the show live you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the Talk Sport app or listen back through Throughout the week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.